Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Jim. I am half of Eliminated, a Royal Rumble podcast. And today's episode features the 2004 Royal Rumble. Of course, this is a Royal Rumble that was won by one Chris Benoit. And in these days, even though it should be obvious, we do want to mention that obviously myself and Bill do not condone the actions of Chris Benoit in his final days. And in these days, there are people out there that might have a hard time listening because of the actions of Chris Benoit. But rest assured, we are only talking about the performer in this particular match. Uh, Some people... While I may not understand it myself personally, have a hard time talking or even watching a Chris Benoit match, please realize that there's no way to get around it during this episode. With this in mind, welcome to Eliminated, a Royal Rumble podcast. Bill, how are you doing? I am doing good, Jim, and this is an interesting Royal Rumble for a number of reasons. Um, you know, we're right at that point where WrestleMania 20 is going to happen, and it, it just seems like it's a good time in WWE. Mm-hmm. It's, the, I'm going to warn people right now, there's a lot of pre-Royal Rumble talk that's based on things happening before the match itself that actually relates to the match. This might be one of the longest intros that we've done that actually does have to do with the Royal Rumble match. I realize there was a lot of, I guess, pre-talk during the greatest Royal Rumble, but that was during mostly during the state of the time period mm-hmm. at dress that we do. So, but there's so much, there are rule rule breaks or rule inconsistencies. There's, uh, there, you're right, there's so much to talk about during this. There is. And and it's all, it's really good stuff. I, I remember uh, watching this event when it happened and thinking how good of a show this was. And, and it is a good show, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but this, the match we're going to talk about today is just so good. There's a, yeah, there's a lot going on. Uh, so let's start off right now with what's going on right now in the WWE. You know, th- this is one of these episodes where I wish I could do more than three, but I am going to keep it to three. <laughs> okay. It's purpose. Um, well, the main thing going into this event is that Chris Benoit was given, not, not drawn, he was given the number one entry by then SmackDown general manager Paul Heyman. So if Benoit's going to win it, he's going to have to go from the very beginning. Also, during this time, Kane buried his brother, The Undertaker, alive at Survivor Series. And we have not seen The Undertaker since. Kane is just so happy to get rid of him. And, Jim, did you know Mick Foley is a coward? Oh my god, I have a huge note on that later on. (laughs) Well, in maybe one of the saddest looking Jim Ross faces ever. <laughs> well, during this time, um, Mick Foley, who was then co-general manager of Raw, was supposed to have a match with Randy Orton, and if Foley lost, he would lose his job. Well, Foley just 
walked out of the arena and Randy spit in his face. And ever since then, people have called Mick Foley a coward. But according to storyline-wise, he's supposed to be here. Right. They even have a seat. They show a seat mm-hmm. at one point yes. that, of where he's supposed to sit. Now, I don't know. Is this a... I don't remember if this was a Randy Orton bought himself bought him a ticket or if it was an Eric Bischoff bought him a ticket situation. I don't remember either. But you know what's funny thinking about it? I'm not going to get too much into this, but the two people that are on the left and right of that seat must have been at least a little bit disappointed by the end of the night. Oh, they must have. All right, champion roll call. And by the way, it should be mentioned, this is the early days of the brand split when everything was still pretty fresh. Yeah, we're a little over a year and a half, I think, on this at this point in time. Um, so instead of me going by Raw and SmackDown, I'm just going to tell you guys who the champions were for WWE so that way we all don't drive ourselves crazy trying to figure out who was where. So the WWE champion at this time is Brock Lesnar. The World Heavyweight Champion is Triple H. The World Tag Team Champions are Batista and Ric Flair. Yes, Ric Flair held a tag team title. Shocking, isn't it, folks? (laughs) No, but it's all right. Uh, The SmackDown Tag Team Champions are the Basham Brothers, Danny and Doug. The Intercontinental Champion is Randy Orton. The United States Champion is The Big Show. The Cruiserweight Champion is Rey Mysterio. And the Women's Champion is Molly Holly. Meanwhile, uh, TNA, they're, they're rolling. Uh, they're, almost, they're about a year and a half into their existence. Are they, at this point, uh, still on weekly pay-per-views? Yes, they are still on weekly pay-per-views. Okay. Uh, The NWA World Heavyweight Champion is Jeff Jarrett. The NWA World Tag Team Champions are Three Live Crew. Yes! And the X Division Champion is Chris Sabin. And finally, in Ring of Honor, Samoa Joe is their champion... Their, their heavyweight champion. Well, well not, they've never called it a heavyweight title. It's always always been champion. I, right. I, I just thought about that, too. And their <laughs> tag team champions are the Briscoe Brothers. Okay. Um, and then there were no other titles outside of that at that point? No. Okay. Um, yeah, that's in- really interesting, especially because Impact is, or TNA, they're NWA TNA still, right? Yeah. NWA TNA is running the weekly pay-per-views. Ring of Honor is kind of still getting started. It's really an interesting time uh, for outside of wrestling because now is here is where you're getting promotions popping up after because at this point you know WCW and ECW went out of out of business um, in 2001. Yeah. And I didn't. I yeah. I remember even back then. I was like, well, if someone's going to come up in the ranks, it's not going to be like within the next year, maybe even two, because mm-hmm. you need to do a lot of things. Just start off a brand new promotion. Oh yeah. So like, this is where they're starting to get their groundwork. We're learning about the X Division. I'm sure that there's they're pushing the. Uh, uh, it's not weight limits. It's no limits. Exactly. 
which I, looking back in hindsight now, I still feel is a tag because, like, if Samoa Joe wasn't there, that tag would not have been there. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So many things before the Royal Rumble match. This you mentioned crazy. already that um, Benoit's number one. Yes. By the way, you were the one that chose this over the 1999 Royal Rumble. Can you give me your reasoning? I didn't want us to suffer yet for 99. <laughs> no, um, in all honesty, I, I have a good memory of this Royal Rumble um, watching it because I was really interested in this Rumble because, like I had mentioned, Benoit got the number one position or he was given the number one position. Um, another thing, one thing that I didn't mention, Goldberg won the number 30 position on Raw. So that added a little bit more intrigue in the match. But I just remember this being just a good show all around, and this match is just really good. So that's why I chose this one over 99. I'm not, I'm not ready to go through 99 yet. Yeah, I do want to remind people that we are going to go through you know, every Royal Rumble match, uh, just not in order. In fact, next week... As proof of that is, or next episode, as proof of that is the 2013 Royal Rumble. So that's a pretty big jump from where we are now. Uh, all right, pro, pre-match stuff. I saw that there was a John Cena interview, mm-hmm. and I remembered that Cena used to be awesome. Okay, I have the note here. You know what? Steve Austin invited Foley to the Royal Rumble. Oh, okay. So yeah, his that seat was provided by Steve Austin, who didn't apparently didn't want to believe that Foley was a coward. Yeah, you mentioned about Benoit and that he made him number one. Let's go over the big free segment, oh, which is okay. Howard Finkel starts it off because you know traditionally we're going to get the rules yeah. for the Royal Rumble. We are because apparently they change almost every year now, which. That's one thing I've learned from this show. Mm-hmm. But he's interrupted. And why don't you take it from here? Okay. So Eric Bischoff comes out. And he's talking about how a Raw wrestler is going to win the Royal Rumble match. Because they have the best show, the better wrestlers, the better entertainers. He even said that as well, which took me by surprise. Um, and then... Paul Heyman comes out, and Paul Heyman goes into the ring, and he's going to say something, but then he and Bischoff start getting into a fight. Mm-hmm. So then, uh, ATV Stone Cold comes down. <laughs> uh, excuse me, that be Sheriff Austin? Yeah, Sheriff Austin. I, I apologize. Um, so he comes in, and he's like, what the hell is going on? Goddamn son. This? <laughs> so, uh, Austin gives uh, Bischoff a stunner, and then he gives Heyman a stunner. Mm-hmm. So, then he drives away. So, here's my first question. Well, it's funny. I, I like that you said uh, he came down in an ATV, you said? Yeah. Because I just put Austin comes in on his little car. <laughs> here's There's two questions I have as we wrap up the 
pre-Rumble. Well, actually, no, there's more pre-Rumble stuff. But I have two questions But first for what we've already talked about. Number one, why is the Bischoff-Heyman stuff here? Uh, Bischoff-Heyman-Austin, I guess yeah, you would say. I, I really don't know. My theory is they actually did it for um, to actually expand time. Mm-hmm. Like maybe they were like, oh, wow, we're actually almost done with this show. Let's let's waste some time, right. so to speak. I mean, I guess the other argument is going to wind up being that, well, we needed to get Austin on the show. I don't know how true that was. But yeah. secondly, so we have Bishop and Heyman arguing like they both want one of their brands to win the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. So in that case, why would Heyman make Benoit number one? That's a good argument. And there's more of that. I want everyone to keep in mind the whole, this is a time, because it's Eric Bischoff and Paul Heyman, two guys that you could say hate each other in character, probably out of character. Right. Um, I want you to keep that in mind because there's probably been no other time that I could think of that a general manager dynamic was that was like that. Yeah. Um, okay. So then we get Taz and JR are the announcers, which because Taz is SmackDown and correct. Now I don't, I don't know if we've mentioned this before for greatest Royal rumble because that that's during a, a brand split. Mm-hmm. Are those three the ones that announced at the Greatest Royal Rumble on? Are they on both shows? Only Corey is. Only Corey Graves is on both shows. Okay. And then Michael Coley's was Raw. at the time of that Raw and. And ba- Baby Boy Byron Sexton is smacked out. Okay. All right. So it makes a little more sense. It does. I, I was I was I noticed that on this on this uh, my notes for here Taz and Jr. because eventually I think they at some point I think they even have like four announcers for like an entire Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Then we have Taz's keys to victory. Yes, I or actually hold on, you're getting a little bit ahead of yourself because Am Gold- I? okay, yeah, because Goldberg had a promo. Oh, that's oh, okay. Go ahead, tell Brock people. Lesnar comes so in. dumb. Okay, oh, this is because Goldberg is like, when I win this, I'm gonna go for the championship back. Isn't it right, Hardcore Holly? And Brock's looking back, and no one's really there except like production. And then they talk about Mick Foley, and Taz is like, "You said Jr. If he didn't show up, you'd say that he was a coward." And he's like, "All right." All right, he's a coward. Are you happy? He is so heartbroken. Yes. Just having to say that. Back to the Lesnar thing, and I guess this will be when we talk more about in the middle of the show for the rest of the show that happened outside of the Rumble match. I just find it amazing that we were all okay that Bob Holly was going for one of the major titles. Oh, God. That was one of the worst. I, I just I know we're going to talk about the card later, but I'm now... That was one of the worst championship matches I've ever seen. Oh, boy. <laughs> and then, what, what scared me, though, is that, I, and probably he also scared me during this time, was the when he says, isn't that right, uh, Bob Holly, or whatever he says, 
my mind is that, oh, no, does that mean you want us to remember and this is going to keep going? <laughs> That's the serious <sighs> part. No time is given. Uh, not initially, but they do say it during the match. I didn't catch that, so you're going to have to point that out to me right. when it comes up. Uh, ma- <laughs> managers are not allowed? Um, no, but there's like only, what, like two or three we see? Right, I was confused because there is one where the manager actually comes into the ring and dances. All of a manager. <laughs> I don't know. We got to talk about him when we get there, too. <laughs> because I remember him, but I don't remember much, and maybe you could help re- jog my memory. Right. Okay, so we're going with one in it, with 90 seconds, right? Yeah, 90 seconds. Which means our intervals will be? Seven and a half minutes. Okay. All right. Now, before we get to it. Sure. I didn't mean to cut you off earlier. No, that's all right. Taz's keys to victory. Oh, I <laughs> almost forgot about first it. first notes I have. <laughs> uh, do you want to give me the, victor- the keys to victory and we'll see how relevant they are after it? It's more of how truthful are they to me. Right. That, okay. No, you're right. That's probably a better way to say it. Number one, out of sight, out of mind. Basically, he's saying hide. That's that's good. It's a it's somewhat true. Yeah. Number two, conditioning. I, I'd agree with that. Yes, unless you're a high number, then it doesn't really matter. Right. And number three, the higher number is your best friend. Bullshit. <laughs> All of the ones that we have done. Well, okay, wait. Actually, that's not true because Braun. Got a pretty high number in the Greatest Royal Rumble. He was what? I think when you look in the history, you know what? Especially for this one, when you look at the history, usually the higher number is not the best route. Mm Ah, Taz. Again, I was like, why is this here now? And I'm like, again, all these things are like, at least to me come across as we need to fill time we need to fill time like we would i think if they were on time i don't think we would get a taz keys to victory yeah uh yeah so i want to keep track a little bit of the managers now just because of yeah uh okay are you ready to start this i'm ready let's go all right so we're gonna do entries one through five one chris benoit two randy orton Three, Mark Henry, four, Tajiri, and five, Bradshaw. And I have during this segment eliminated Bradshaw. That's it. That's it. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> what um, do you have for this? I when Orden comes out, I I wrote down, oh, this is Orden when he was cool, because there was a point where where Randy Orden was actually pretty cool to like. I I kind of liked him as the Viper when he first was, like, around WrestleMania 25. Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not saying that he's been, you know, boring forever. Right. I, that's about the right time. Like, when he went after Stephanie McMahon and the whole McMahon family, that was really cool. Yeah. Uh, and, th- I mean, you have, if, and if you're not a fan of Orton, deal with it, because I think he has about 10 to 15 years left on his contract. Mm. He was signed to a 20-year deal, wasn't he? I'm almost sure about that. 
I never, I never heard anything about that. I'm. If you look it up, look up Randy Orton twenty year deal and see what comes up while I give you my notes. Okay. Um. So I have here out of nowhere, Taz decides that the Big Show is his pick, and then I also have that uh, one of them says Tajiri, three time cruiserweight champion, and I was like, well, that doesn't mean anything post two thousand one. Because even to this day, in 2000, uh, 2018-2019, WWE has never done great with cruiserweights slash lightweights. No. And that's one thing that's consistently not changed with that company. Yeah, that's very true. You know, actually, it's funny you mentioned about Taz picking Big Show, because I had that in my notes as well. That he said that Big Show was gonna win. Um, how are we doing with that Randy Orton contract? Well, he made two point seven million dollars in twenty sixteen. Right. Uh, I'm still looking though. Uh, maybe I, I could have swore that that this this exists, but maybe I, I don't even want to say I'm wrong. That's how confident I am in this. That mm-hmm. he was signed to a twenty year contract. Because I remember I used to – at one point I worked at a um, – like a door-to-door job. Yeah. And, and one one of the times we had to go into this the some go into this place and a little kid was there that liked wrestling and he hated Orton. <laughs> and I remember saying to him, like, well, you're going to have to deal with it because he just signed for 20 more years. So let's see how old you're going to be. Oh, I think it's like 27 he would be. And I'm like, and that's when Orton – is going to be maybe out the door at that point. Yeah. All right, we'll look into that later. What else do you have? Um, well, when Brad... Now, Bradshaw, for the few moments that he's in there, he delivers some serious clotheslines. And then when he gets eliminated, he pushes the referee, and, the, and I wrote down that the ref pushed Bradshaw back. So it looked like we were going to have a fight between Bradshaw and a referee. Good. It's about time someone pushed that guy back. I mean, from all, what, all everything I hear, and that you know, correct me if I'm wrong, is this guy's a bully. Yeah. Well, the one that pushed him back was Mike Kyoto, and I think Mike Kyoto's a pretty tough guy. So. Right. Good. Like uh, good. Good for Mike Kyoto. Mm-hmm. He's been there. God, he's been there forever. forever. I know. And, but you know what's funny about him, real quick, and and not to put a negative note on him. He's the only referee in their wellness policy that has been suspended for failing their wellness policy. Really? I don't think I knew that. It's like, how can a referee... I'm just curious as to how a referee can fail on the first time on the wellness policy. Do you know what it was for? Oh, Like what he fails for? Some medication, but it was only for like 30 days, so... Right. No, I'm just curious if it was like uh, something that made him bigger or... He didn't look any different, honestly. Yeah. So weird. Mm-hmm. Uh, I also want to mention here that Randy Orton coming in at number two, I don't know if they say it now or later, but there is a mention that Evolution is trying to sweep the... or was trying to sweep the night because mm-hmm. they had Ric Flair and Batista... Uh, earlier, and then also Triple H fought Shawn Michaels, but we'll get to more of that yeah. later on. But the important thing to note from here is that Orton's the last one of the 
group that's actually fighting. Mm -hmm. And I remember, I want to say it was like a couple weeks before the Rumble where there was a segment on Raw and Orton was like, how cool would it be if we had champion versus champion at WrestleMania like Hogan and the Warrior? And I want to say Triple H had a look on his face. Of like, oh, yeah, that ain't gonna happen. <laughs> I, I I don't remember the reaction, but I remember that promo. Mm-hmm. Now, do you think? How do you feel about Benoit and Orton being the first two? Honestly, I thought that was a good choice to start. Um, because Benoit's a war horse, and Orton is young. But if you give him a veteran to work with, he can. You know, not only is he going to be able to learn, but he's going to be able to get better in due mm. time. And I think we see that in this match. Right. Um, so, right, well, it's like I said, right now, it's kind of more like Raw, like I said, it's Raw versus SmackDown in the Raw Rumble, where like, it, it still matters at this point mm-hmm. because you didn't have as many, you know, when you go, jump into like. Probably the early 2010s, late 2000s, mm-hmm. where some guys might have been like traded off, you know, three or four times at that point. You know, it matters less, yeah. but here it still kind of matters. And also, was it um, announced that the winner can just choose what brand yeah. they want? Okay, so that's in play. Mm-hmm. I was going to mention real quick that we did have our first manager. In this, uh, Teddy Long brought Mark Henry out, and that was it. Right. Okay. So yeah. So managers are not allowed. Mm-hmm. It's confirmed. It is confirmed. Um, something that I'm gonna bring up because we're almost at the time. Doing research to get ready for this, there were a bunch of qualifying matches to get into this match. Okay. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five. All right, and that leads us to entries six through ten. Six Rhino, seven Matt Hardy, eight Scott Steiner, nine Matt Morgan, and ten the Hurricane. And I have eliminated Tajiri, Mark Henry, and the Hurricane. And I want to go back to the uh in the next segment i want to hear all about those qualifiers Mm -hmm. because they were important at this time because again it was all about like the brand wanted their one of their wrestlers to win yeah and it was a big deal but for this segment i want to just give like i only have like one or two notes and i want to go over some of the rest of the card Mm um unless you want to go over the rest of the card first it's up to you let's go over the rest of the card first Let's do it. Go ahead. Okay, so we did have a match for Sunday Night Heat, which oh I did not remember at all. <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, Victoria defeated Molly Holly. It was a non-title match. Batista okay. and Ric Flair beat the Dudley Boys in a tables match. That was for the okay. tag titles. So there's their first win, meaning mm-hmm. Evolutions. Right. Uh, Rey Mysterio beat Jamie Noble to stay the Cruiserweight champion. I don't think anyone at that time would have thought Jamie Noble was going to win. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Guerrero beat Chavo Guerrero. I didn't even remember that was happening. I thought they were still a team. I had forgotten all about that. Mm -hmm. 
Brock Lesnar defeated Hardcore Holly to stay WWE God. champion. I'm like, why? Why is this happening? Uh, fortunately, it was not a long match. It was only six and a half minutes. And Triple H and Shawn Michaels had a last man standing match for the world heavyweight title that went to a draw. Right, which basically, I mean, he kept the belt, so it's kind of like a win for Evolution. They yeah, still have the title. It, it was, but oh, that's such a good match. I love the ending. I really do. But uh, I want to go back to the stupid Lesnar-Holly match. Okay. Because, because I say why, but I, actually from re-watching it, I remembered why. Because apparently Lesnar almost injured Holly somehow. They like broke his neck, I think, or something. Right, and how you took nine months for my life, or whatever, however time it was. So I get that it's a. There's a story there. I don't know though if it's a story for a pay per view or just a regular built up SmackDown. Right. Uh, that's hard to say, because you could have just had that on SmackDown and it'd be over with. Hmm. But I guess because it was a paper or a major pay-per-view, it was like, okay, we're going to have this match at the Rumble. Right. It's just, it's especially this thinking back, it's amazing that they were like, yeah, people will buy that Bob Holly could possibly beat Brock Lesnar. Right. He's the same guy that, you know, beat Hogan and Undertaker. Rock. And Rock. And, And might I say, in some of those cases, pretty, not easily, but... Pretty decisive, I guess is the word. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like he had seven people that helped him. Exactly. To beat those guys. It was, you know, very minimal of that. Uh, so, yeah, like, so that was the card uh, outside of the Rumble. Yeah. Okay. I, what do you have? Um, I had an interesting note here because JR said this, and I was, I've been trying to think of it since you know, watching it, and I don't think this statement is true. JR said that this this particular Rumble was the first Royal Rumble without a former winner in it. Hmm. I don't think that's true. It it does seem that way, though. Who are you, who do you, I'm I'm looking through the list now, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna look and see. Because Okay, because I'm excluding the first one. The first one, you know, I'm excluding that. But okay. Like, like 90. I don't think anyone that won the first two was in the 90 Rumble. Or... What do you, wait, what do you mean by that? Okay. Like, someone who won the Royal Rumble match previously is yes. in the match the next year. Oh, okay. Yeah. No, I, I thought he meant that... No one's ever won. That this this whoever wins this Royal Rumble match will be a first time Royal Rumble winner. Mm-hmm. That's how I took it. Okay. Yeah, this is yeah. Basically, it's the first Rumble without a former winner being a participant in the match. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, I see what they're saying. I mean, that's that is right from what I can t- see. Yeah, maybe I'm thinking a little too much into it. Email us and if if and tell us if Bill's wrong or right. Yeah, that's fun. Um, when Matt Morgan came out, I wrote, "Oh, that guy from American Gladiators." Oh God, <laughs> that guy that 
for some reason, Impact Wrestling liked to push when he was there, <laughs> even though there was no real reason to. Nope. I put I have down to Jerry shoots mist and no one gives a fuck. Uh, yeah, because they only showed it in the replay, and I was like, oh, okay. And I love Tajiri. <laughs> I was a Tajiri guy. Matt Hardy inches away from going out. Yeah, he does a little bit of... He does a lot of Shawn Michaels in this. Mm-hmm. Like, the the, sta- the the ropes. Like, dangling on, holding on for dear life. He does yeah. that a lot. Yeah, he this, and this is when he was version one, I believe, too. Mm-hmm. So. so that's fun. I liked version one. I wonder what version one would think of Broken Matt Hardy. <laughs> that would be pretty funny if they had version one versus Broken Matt Hardy. We just... uh, at, yeah, let's get let's get someone that's not WWE on that because we, just need we to send him into the lake of reincarnation. Mm, that would be really good, actually. Uh, don't tease me like this, Bill. That's a really great idea. That one of two things are going to happen. One, that WWE is going to try to do it and it's going to suck. Or two, it just never happens. I don't know where I'm Don't, don't worry. I'm not going to tease you on that one, but I am going to tease you on another idea later. Really? Is that a good idea or is it a bad idea? Uh, depends on your point of view. Okay. Uh, let's see. I don't really have anything else here. I mean, it's pretty standard as far as, you know, we have the first two, Orton and Benoit, just kind of still in there. I They're starting to build up, oh, look, they're not going to win, but, but look, they're still there. And which Ten, later on they'll get the handy the underdog sticker. Six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. Alright, so now we go to eleven through fifteen. Eleven Booker T, twelve Kane, thirteen Spike Dudley, fourteen Rikishi, and fifteen Renee Dupree. And I have during this segment eliminated Steiner, Kane, Rhino, Hardy, Dupree, and Spike, question mark. My first note is Booker T sings. How dare you? (laughs) You You weren't furious about that? That is his WWE original song. I, I know. It was it was bringing back a bit of bad memories. I wrote Booker T uses his WWE original theme? Question mark. Gross. Wait, exclamation would, point. Would this have been the time that that album would have come out? Sure. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, the, just the fact that they're using it is, for his entrance makes me think it might have even been, been within the last three months. It came... Okay, so this... The record came out January 13th. The event was January 25th. So it was like two weeks before the Royal Rumble. I knew it. it I, I knew it was close because they do that. They have a history of if a new album comes out, they'll use the theme like once or twice. I remember one, one time the big show came out to his aggression song. Mm-hmm. And then another time, I'm trying to think, there's a couple of examples if I really think about it of. The, the time that they've done that for. I think Cena came out to Untouchables one time. Well, yeah. But that was his theme at the time. No, his theme was Basic Thugonomics. Oh. Oh, okay. His other... his. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a different album, but yeah. I'm sorry. That was just an example of something... I, I, I That was my fault. That was an example of something where an album came out and they use it, like, once. Yeah. I remember... <laughs> I remember they used... <laughs> 
the Stone Cold Steve Austin aggression song, not for Austin himself, but do you remember when Austin was he was he was out of action due to the the car accident yeah. or the car run run right. car running over mm-hmm. him? And then there was a I think it was a SmackDown that they teased like Austin's gonna be here, and the whole night like the the DX faction was all paranoid. Yeah, one of the things was. They heard Austin's aggression theme through a door, <laughs> and they charged in, and all it was was the boombox playing aggression, and if I'm not mistaken, maybe a cardboard cutout of Stone Cold Steve Austin. <laughs> they find the weirdest way to use these one-timers. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Kane used uh, the aggression song, too, at one point. Mm-hmm. So anyway, yeah, Booker T uses WWE Originals theme. Yeah. Uh, I had Steiner eliminated. Don't care. Okay. I really do. Uh, here, you know what? Here's where I have the note that I was going to ask you for. Okay. Jim Ross mentions the 90 seconds. It's such a throwaway. We're yeah. halfway in. Yeah, it is. And then he also talked about how, like, if you win the Rumble and you go to the main event of WrestleMania, you get a big payday. So JR's worried about the payday for the winner of this match. <laughs> I didn't catch that. Let's talk about the Spike Dudley thing. Yes. All right, so while you bring us through it. Okay, so Kane comes in. He's beating up everybody in the ring. We get the countdown, and then we get the gong. The lights go out, and it, you know we get the gong. And it's the first tease that Undertaker's coming back. And Kane's like, no, I buried you. I buried you. So Kane gets eliminated. As soon as he's eliminated, Spike's music plays and he comes out and Kane thinks that Spike was the one who did or, you know, who did the gong. So he choke slams him and Spike never makes it to the ring. Right. And I have written down here, well, you know what, Kane? What if Spike was doing a horrible job of cosplaying as The Undertaker without a costume? <laughs> cosplaying before cosplaying. Right. Uh, yeah, Kane chokeslam Spike. And here's one of my issues. Since Spike is out, and I, I, maybe you could tell me, I don't remember which brand he's on, uh, meaning Spike. He's on Raw. That's what I so, so if it's so important that one of their wrestlers win, why isn't Bischoff calling an audible mm-hmm. and saying, nope, someone else get in there. Yeah. I don't care who it is. It's, and someone that didn't make the pre-show or make the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I had here, and I wanted to bring these up. Yes. Two lines from Taz. I hope I, I hope I have one of them because I have a Taz line too. Okay. So, there's one point when Rikishi comes in, he gives Matt Morgan a stink face. Mm-hmm. And Morgan is a rookie in WWE. Well, on the roster. Yes. Tat says, welcome to Rikishi's ass, rookie. <laughs> and I wrote, that sounds like a bad rib. It does. It really does. I agree. And then, my other one, when Rene Dupree is in... They're talking about him, and Taz is like, "Oh, it's the French guy, right?" That's what he. No, that's what he says. He says, "Right." Also, yep, it's the French guy, right? All right, I, that's so. I did have one of the lines that you yes. had. 
Ah, <laughs> uh, Taz. I, I, I really do miss Taz as an announcer. I even I did like him in Impact as well. I thought he was really good in <laughs> saying ridiculous things like this. Like, there's some guys that still are, still do ridiculous things, like, you know, after Taz had left, but mm-hmm. I, always, I always had a soft spot for Taz as an announcer. Mm-hmm. Even though there was always that part of me that was like, God, why didn't you guys push him more as an actual wrestler back then, too? Do you, like, when he was wrestling. Sorry. Do you listen to his radio show? No, I do not. Okay. I, I, I've heard it once or twice, and he's good. Is it? It's a guest show, though, right? Like... He has guests on every I think show. So. Not really. See, I'm not really into those shows. I kind of like, like I'm more into like something to wrestle with, mm-hmm. where like they'll talk about an event. Like I'm not into like the, the format of someone just has a guest every week, unless for some reason that format, uh, unless that guest is super interesting at the time. Yeah, and doing something that I'm interested in. Yeah. Uh, how would you like? Uh, how long is the show? Is it long or is like it like two hours? Oof. Actually, I should I shouldn't talk because I've been listening to a show a show that their minimal seems to be four hours long. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All right, so now we go to our next five. 16 A Train, 17 Shelton Benjamin, 18 Ernest Miller, 19 Kurt Angle, and 20 Rico. And I have during this segment Morgan eliminated Morgan, Rikishi, Booker T, A Train, Benjamin, and Miller. And I don't forget, I want to talk about these qualifiers yeah. at some point too. Let's get into that now. Okay, let's do that. Go ahead. Um, so these matches were like they were just scattered all over, uh, m- mostly on SmackDown. There is one match from Heat and one match from Velocity. Everything else <laughs> is SmackDown. I love Velocity. Okay, go ahead. All right. So these were the qualifying matches. John Cena and Chris Benoit beat the FBI in a handicap match. That's our first one. Wait, hold on. Who was handicapped there? Cena and Benoit. They've, I don't. I, were okay. there three members of the FBI? I don't remember. Nunzio, Chuck Palumbo, and Johnny Stamboli. Wait, but Nunzio's in this. Hold on. I'll, we're going to get to him. Okay, okay. Don't worry. Rico defeated Tommy Dreamer. That match was on Heat. Matt Morgan defeated Orlando Jordan. That was on Velocity. Rikishi <laughs> defeated Scotty Tuhati. Charlie Haas and Sean Benjamin defeated the Basham Brothers. Nunzio defeated Chuck Palumbo and Johnny Stamboli in a triple threat battle royal. Mm. In the upset of the qualifying matches, Big Show defeated the heavily favored Funaki. Oh my god. Note the sarcasm, folks. Yeah. Uh, Tajiri defeated Billy Kidman. A Train defeated Shannon Moore. And Bradshaw defeated Akio and Sakota. Oh, so Bradshaw won a two on one. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. So only one match was on Velocity? Yes. Okay, just wanted to confirm that. Um, wow, that's really interesting to me. Because I know that they did, they do, they used to do that in the past. They, they would have qualifiers. Yeah. Super interesting. 
right. I had I I had some notes. When A Train comes out, I honestly thought it was JBL coming out because of the theme or the beginning of it. Ooh, you're right. That's a good call. I have here that Rikishi is really, really fallen. Yeah, he is. I mean, especially compared to our last episode, mm-hmm. where he had the the brights one of the bright spots on the entire match when he was dancing with the uh, with Too Cool. Yeah, which which brings full circle that he beat Scotty to actually get into this. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about Ernest? Yep, let's get into that. So uh, the original li- owner of the theme comes out. Yes. I like Brutus Clay, but I always thought this song fits better with Ernest Miller. <laughs> I um, like how Taz does karaoke to oh Miller's theme. <laughs> I was like, don't sing, Taz. <laughs> what a cape. I have that right oh, now. I, oh, the cape is cool. I even wrote down, what's a Lamont? Yes. Okay, please tell me who this was. I think it was his, like, butler or servant or something. But I, I guess, no. But what I'm saying is, was he a wrestler that they had before, and they were like, "Oh, we don't." Here's what we're gonna have you do this time. Did he turn into somebody else eventually? No, I don't think he did. We find out Lamont has a wig. Yeah. And I put say it ain't so. <laughs> now, okay, this is where my other, or, you know, because we talked about the Matt Hardy thing earlier on. Yes. This is my other, well, actually, it's not my idea. It's my friend's idea, and I just support it. To every indie promotion that is listening to this, we came up with this earlier, or we came up with this last year, because we were at a wrestling convention, we had a table, and Ernest Miller was one of the people there, you know, they get autographs and pictures with. I'm really glad he's still active in this day and age. And he even wrestled on their show that night. Okay. He's still entertaining. Let's have a match between Ernest Miller and Brodus Clay. The winner gets the rights to somebody call my mama. (laughs) Let's have it. The dance off of the century. I think I would like that. Because I actually like both of those guys. Um... I would I wouldn't mind either of them winning. I'm just I'm actually very happy to know that Ernest Miller is still doing things in the late 2010s. We can we can have this during three Countacon. Three yes, three Countacon, which is our imaginary convention that will celebrate three count. Yes. We still gotta work on getting the three main people though. That's still <laughs> Oh Okay, I also had in my notes Kurt Angle is a Hulk Hogan wannabe because he's dedicating his victory to the troops. I did have that later on and something else to add to that. I wonder if he's going to go to the Middle East to celebrate. Uh, (laughs) And then my last note to continue a running joke with Rico, he was on American Gladiators. He was. Was he? Yeah, he was. He was. He was. He was a contestant. I'll give a quick story. He was sure. a contestant on the the better years of American Gladiators when Adam Mike Adamley was the host. Okay. He got You're making the, me crazy, Kofi. Rico got all the way to the finals of that season of American Gladiators. Really? Before okay. he lost. Hmm. You know, I always hear not always, but like 
And, and again, I'm going to bring up something to wrestle with. I feel like I've heard that like Pritchard had, was pretty high on Rico, if I'm not mistaken. I I could be misremembering, but I've also heard a lot of other people like say, oh, you know, Rico should have done more. Rico should have done more. And I'm, I'm not sure if I agree with that, but I do feel like they should have done more with Ernest Miller. I think if they had had Rico as a manager, maybe he could have done more as a manager. Because mm-hmm. he was a good man, you know, he had the yeah. personality to be a manager. Sure. Oh, and by the way, we had another manager in this, Jackie, uh, with Rico. Who didn't cut, so Lamont is the only one that broke the rules yeah, so far. basically. Okay. Although, would you call dancing breaking the rules in this? I don't even know what Lamont is, though, to Ernest Miller. Yeah, I, I don't either. Uh, is it like a Ted DiBiase, Virgil? Situation because remember Virgil broke the rule because he was a bodyguard instead of a manager. It's hard to hard to say. Bill, he's the thirty first man. I know. Nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All right. So now we go to twenty one through twenty five. Twenty one. Was originally Tess, but it's going to be somebody else in a minute. 22, Christian. 23, Nunzio. 24, Big Show. And 25, Chris Jericho. I mean, you might as well have said it, because then how would I tackle this next section? Number 21 is Mick Foley. All right. Eliminated in this segment is Orton and Foley. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Uh, Okay, so let's talk about the whole... Mick Foley situation because again this is another situation that breaks or not breaks but does break some rules but also doesn't make sense in some ways but go ahead why don't you start off for us so the buzzer goes and Test's music is playing so we know Test is number 21 well Test never comes out and and the announcers are confused so we go to the back we see Test he's down on the floor Austin's pissed because well he's Austin and he's talking to someone. He's like, what the hell you done? What the hell you doing? Goddamn. You go. You're number 21. Get your ass to the ring. So we have no idea who he's talking to. Right, because it's a shot where, like, it's Austin in the hole, and he's talking to someone that's off camera. And it's done really well. I'm not going to yeah. say perfectly, but it's done really well. Mm-hmm. And then we get mixed theme, and he comes out. And the crowd erupts. Not not the loudest eruption, but it, but they did erupt. So he gets in the ring. He and Orton start fighting. And Foley's kicking ass in this. And then he eliminates Orton, but at the same time he eliminates himself. Which I had in my note, he doesn't care about eliminating himself. I think in the, I'm pretty sure he, I'm pretty sure he's done it before. To be honest with you, I, I think in the history of this whole match, this is the one time where one individual did not care about eliminating themselves. Right. No one was coming into this match thinking, "Yeah, Foley's gonna be it, and Foley's gonna win." Mm-hmm. So then we get this long but good like part of the match where they're fighting on the floor. They're you know, they're using the posts, chairs, the steps. Agent, One of the agents gets knocked out with a steel chair. See, I put here, Foley beats the hell out of a referee with stairs. Mm-hmm. 
and then Foley takes a wicked chair shot to the head. Because it was still, this is still a time where people weren't as sensitive to that stuff exactly. as they are to, or I should say, oversensitive. Because to me, and like I said, I'll, I'll just say it up. to me, if the two guys are okay with it, or two women, I guess in these days. Um, I, I have no problem with it, yeah. you know, and obviously Foley was one of those guys that was always okay with it, mm-hmm. but now then we see people like fans complain about every little thing, even though they don't know if it was approved or not. Exactly. Although like a good example of something that wasn't approved, I don't know which promotion I saw this in. I don't even know if you know about this. Some insane person threw a cinder block. Yes. From the ring to the outside. This was maybe one of the most unprotected things <laughs> I've ever seen. Yeah. That's I... something that fans should be outraged about. But these days, like, sometimes just a simple shot, chair shot to the head, have fans outraged. But I think, to me, if they're both okay with it, and it's a, then I think it's fine. I'm glad you brought that up because, real quick, just to yeah, bring it up. The guy that threw the cinder block, because this happened in Mexico, uh, he got suspended by the Mexican Federation, like district, whatever. So he's like temporarily suspended. Is the guy okay? Uh, Last I read, he was like he had gotten surgery and he'll probably make a full recovery. Oh, so he did have to go to surgery. Okay, I didn't know about that. Yeah. But yeah, that. That cinder block shot, yeah, that was, that was pretty bad. I was like, "There's no way that could possibly be approved by someone." No, no way. No. Okay, so here's my problems with the Foley stuff, if I if I can, okay. if I may. All right, number one. Well, Foley, well, it's this whole thing. Here's my problems. Number one, why wouldn't the GMs, if this is if this is allowed, why wouldn't the GMs, Heyman and, and Bischoff, who by the way are both bad guys, mm-hmm. let's remember that they're heels. Why wouldn't the GMs plan to assault other wrestlers from opposite brands so that they can possibly change it up and put their own people in? That's one. Mm-hmm. Secondly, why can Sheriff Austin do this in the first place? <laughs> the whole reason he's a sheriff was because he lost his co-GM spot with Eric Bischoff. And so from what I understood about the sheriff stuff, and correct me if I'm wrong, is basically he has to keep Eric Bischoff in line. Yeah. Bischoff had nothing to do with this. No, he didn't. So I don't know how Austin gets the authority to do this. And then the third thing is, if we did all this to have Foley come out because Test is knocked out, why didn't we do this for Spike? That's possible. It's the same match in which they break their own rule. And then there's one point where Foley pulls out Mr. Sacco and Taz is like, Mr. Sacco's alive? <laughs> I didn't catch that. So I'm like, Sacco is a living thing? Like he's a, like, a, like a being of some type? By the way, even though I'm saying all of these, um, you know, logistical problems, I really did love this entire thing, though. Oh, like, yeah, absolutely. Oh, I- I just, like I said, what Michael here on this podcast is to kind of point out the flaws in WWE's contradictions of themselves when it comes to the yearly rules for the Royal Rumble. I mm-hmm. thought this whole thing was done great. Yeah. And then Zio gets Sako, 
And like I said, the GM should call to replace Nunzio, whether that's Heyman well, or Bischoff. I don't but, remember what brand Nunzio's on. But, but Jim, Nunzio's using key number one to victory. Oh, that's right. He stays in. Yeah. What about he, that? Okay. He came out, you know, and, and nobody, he was hiding. Nobody found, you know, nobody discovered him. He was out of sight and out of mind. Until that rotten John Cena came out. Yeah, that piece of crap. <laughs> <laughs> what else do you have as a note? I mean, this was all Foley. This segment was all Foley for us. Oh, uh, well, I'll tell you. Ten, ten nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one, zero. All right, and that's our last countdown, so we're going to get to our last five. 26, Charlie Haas, 27, Billy Gunn, 28, John Cena, 29, Rob Van Dam, and number 30, Goldberg. And as we make our way to the final four, we have eliminated Christian, Billy Gunn, Nunzio, Cena, and Van Dam. And Goldberg. I thought he was, oh yeah, I'm sorry, and Goldberg. <laughs> it's funny, because he's the one I celebrated the most on. Right. Um, okay, so what did you want to continue saying? Okay, I had one bad joke in there. All right, let's hear it. Fully passed the test. <laughs> Zing! <laughs> Boom! All right. Uh, Question. Yes. I have here the returning... They mentioned the returning Billy Gunn. <laughs> yes. Question mark. Where was he? On the range? <laughs> Probably. Home, home on the range. Remember, and I want to see if you remember this. Please. There was like a segment each week leading up to the Royal Rumble for Billy Gunn. And it was Billy Gunn's top five moments in his career. I don't remember this. Was this presented by Billy Gunn? Yes. So did you get all five moments in one thing? Or it was one, like number five was one week, number four number was five the next? was one week. And okay. Still on the talk. The can you tell one... me what, can you tell me his top five? Oh my god. Uh, I, wanna, I think I one of them was winning the tag titles. Which time? I know. I, I don't remember. Uh, winning King of the Ring. Okay, acceptable. I think winning the Intercontinental title was another one. Oh, you mean where we thought that he was actually going to... Oh no, no, he did actually win the... Yeah, he did. Okay, I thought it was that time that Billy Gunn you thought was going to win the Intercontinental and then you thought Road Dog was going to win the hardcore, and right. then they switched up. Right. But his number one moment was yeah. winning this year's Royal Rumble. Oh, God! <laughs> God damn it. Okay, so during that point where Billy Gunn comes out, um, they Taz and JR bring up marriage, because like, Taz brings up that Billy Gunn married a guy. And JR... Was that part of his top five list? It might have been. I don't even remember. So then Taz, because like Taz mentions JR got married a couple times, and Taz like, you ever marry a guy, JR? <laughs> I could just, I can also just picture Billy Gunn doing his top five boys like, number two, when I pretended to be gay. <laughs> now I want to look this video up. I want you to too because I want to know what the what officially the top five Billy Gunn moments are. I, I might. I might. Cena throws Nunzio under the bus. Yeah. He makes sure everyone knows that Nunzio's on the outside hiding away. Hmm. Hey, he and then key number one to perfection. 
He was. Nunzio was doing a great job at that. Uh, let's see. I see. Here's where I have that angle dedicated the match to the troops mm-hmm. by its question mark. So I must have realized that it was said earlier. Yeah. Uh, I had RVD got a high in quotes number. <laughs> you did get a high. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Now. How about this one? Goldberg comes out trying to injure everyone. All right. Now I'm glad you brought. Okay. I'm glad you brought Goldberg up because one I'm of the not- things off air that you and I have talked about before we ever started this uh-huh. was to see if the WWE Network made any edits of any themes during this time that we're doing oh, yeah. the show. Okay. And this is not including theme songs. We're excluding those. Because mm-hmm. obviously they're going to get edited out. Right. We're on, what is this, episode 9 or 10? we finally get our first edit of theme. Goldberg's theme is changed to the WCW theme, which is the better theme. That is the better theme. I agree. Yeah. That's the only edit of theme in this, that we have gotten into up to this point. When's the re-release of mayhem happening then? (laughs) Oh, WCW mayhem soundtrack. (laughs) Actually, that one, you, you probably could... That one had even announcers during it, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, actually, no, there was another, at least one more. I remember, I think it was the 1990 Royal... But, oh, on the network. Yeah, on the yeah, network. You're, oh, I'm sorry, right. yeah, because I was going to say, yeah. don't forget about when they gave the big boss man the corporate theme in the 1990 Royal Rumble. But, yeah, network, yeah, it's probably the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, Lesnar gets cheered. Yeah, because people don't like Goldberg, myself included. Yeah, but now today people don't like Lesnar. Well, I mean, to be fair, they didn't like him towards the end then, That's too. True. That's true, too. Uh, I think he's was the lesser of two evils uh, back then. Yeah. I don't know how it is today. Yeah. I think people are okay <laughs> with him and his uh, Brock Lesnar Memorial, Memorial Championship. Championship. So. Oh, man. I'm I'm like using that in daily discussions now. I think I am too. I kept saying because I was talking to someone about a recent pay per view that they watched, and I was like, "Oh, oh, did uh, did Brock Lesnar retain the Brock Lesnar Memorial Championship?" <laughs> and they were like, "What?" I'm like, "Yeah, that's what that's his title, the Brock Lesnar Memorial Championship." It is. And they're like, "Oh, do you know, you mean the Universal Tom?" I'm like, "Yeah, you call it whatever you want, but <laughs> yep. that's what it is." <laughs> All credit goes to Jim Boy Star. Yeah. Um. Then I had, because um, they're all doing high fly moves on Big Show, I'm like, those won't help. Because they're like knocking Big Show out, but you still got to get them over and out, you know? Right, It yeah. doesn't make any sense. And then I had Big Show got called an ape. He did, that's right. <laughs> JR called him an ape. <laughs> oh my god, that would get him in so much oh trouble to him. Oh my god. <sighs> oh. I also, so going back to Goldberg and Lesnar, I, uh, like I mentioned, Goldberg comes out trying to injure everyone. Lesnar comes out and F5's Goldberg, which Goldberg no-sells, in my opinion. Then we have Angle eliminating Goldberg. Mm-hmm. And I loved it then, and I loved it now because I don't like Goldberg. Question, though. Here's what I'm thinking. Okay. Do you think... 
because that elimination is pretty random that it's Angle doing it. Mm -hmm. Do you think politics might have come into play? And here's why I'm saying politics. Because you know Goldberg has the reputation of taking things too seriously. Yeah. Like, like he believes his own height basically and like, well, he can't do that to me. I would, I would just get up from that. I can't do no wrong. Right. Exactly. Or, or I can't be knocked down easily. Yeah. Do you think the reason angle was the one to eliminate him was because Goldberg was like, yeah, angle could beat me. Cause he used to be an Olympic gold medalist. Maybe that's a good theory. Because it's not like anything happens with Goldberg and Angle throughout the rest of his time here. Yeah. It would make sense if it was like Benoit because Benoit eventually wins or the big show if you're trying to prove like, yeah, the big show's the, you know, the big threat in the match. Mm -hmm. Angle just seemed out of nowhere. And that's where I got my theory from. Okay. Now, I did want to bring this up. I didn't write it down in my notes, but I did want to bring this up. There's like a 20-second point, and this is still with Goldberg. Okay. After he gets F5'd, he get, like, he's sort of like half up. He looks at Lester, and he's like, Lester, you're next, you son of a bitch! And then, then and JR's like, he said Lester's next, you son of a bitch! And then Dad's <laughs> like, yeah, Lester's next, you son of a bitch! What? Why are they overpeating Goldberg's line? I guess they wanted to make sure the audience knew that, for sure. Lesnar's next, that son of a bitch. <laughs> hey, do you, hey, Bill, do you know who's next on Goldberg's list? <laughs> <laughs> it's Brock Lesnar, you son of a bitch. <laughs> <sighs> so anyway, everyone beats up on the big show. Uh, I'm going to get into the final four here, unless you have anything you want to add. No. <laughs> okay. You're still... <laughs> He is the son of a bitch. The last four are Kurt Angle versus The Big Show versus Chris Jericho versus Benoit. And then The Big Show eliminates Jericho, which means it's down to The Big Show, Kurt Angle, and Chris Benoit. Then The Big Show eliminates Kurt Angle. And then I wonder, are the troops furious? (laughs) That's possible. At least Hogan won and successfully went to Saudi Arabia. Right. (laughs) So it comes down to the Big Show and Chris Benoit, and Benoit wins. Um, Yes. Okay, now I had during this, because Big Show taps to basically every submission move. Yeah, I I mean, I think the U.S. probably say, oh, it doesn't matter. You have to get him up and throw him over the top rope. Exactly. What do you do? Um, I really liked the ending. Mm, I did too. Because, you know, it, because I was watching it, and it, and it's going back to the last episode where we did 2000. <laughs> and watching it, this, this particular one, for some reason, I had more of a feeling that Big Show could win this match than in 2000. Wow, I didn't even realize that we just did back-to-back shows where the big show is uh, always a bridesmaid, never a bride situation. Mm -hmm. And because, like, big show was just so dominant in this match, especially towards the end. And I was like, 
Big Show could actually win. Like, he could legitimately win this. And then we get mm-hmm. to the ending where he's going to toss him out. And Benoit has, like, a front headlock on Big Show. He's already over the top. Benoit is. And mm-hmm. he's pulling him and using all of his muscle, all of his might to get him over. And when he does eliminate him, it is such a big reaction from the crowd. Right. No, I, I agree. I agree. Uh, so Ben was your winner. I really enjoyed this match. Mm-hmm. I, uh, you know, probably more so than, uh, than the last episode, 2000. I, I don't know what it was. I just, I, 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 I guess because they had such a, you know, the Royal Rumble 2000 was, there was only about like four really main people that you could have saw like as main event talent, whereas mm-hmm. you can see here, it's pretty stacked. Like, you know, much as I don't like him, Goldberg's in there. You have your Kurt angle. You, and then you have like guys that are on the verge. Yeah. Like your Benoit and your Cena and Rob Van Dam, Chris Jericho's in there at the end as well. There's so many people and I just like the spots too. I really like the Ernest Miller stuff. I yeah. thought that was really fun. It, it's a very good mixture as far as experienced wrestlers and the ones that are up and coming or just about to break out, like you mentioned. Mm, yeah. It's just such a good mix. And the Foley stuff was great. Mm-hmm. So, um,. Well, and obviously, you know, Chris Benoit had a great performance here. Mm-hmm. He drew one. He stayed in the entire thing. I mean, eventually, there were certain times I remember watching this, like, he's running into people, and it really looks like he's just, like, really tired. But, like, he, it's it's so weird. It's like a push kind of hit. It was really weird. He never did a break. No, no, he never did. Um... Now, if one thing that we're, we're trying to do here on this show is just <clears throat> talking briefly about afterwards and what happened with the Royal Rumble winner. Now, he made a decision, mm-hmm. uh, and he went to Raw, but do you remember how that all played out? Because I'm not... Like, was it an on-air decision? It was... Well, I think what happened... Or actually, I have it. A- Right here. Okay, great. This is from Wikipedia. All right. On the following night's episode of Raw, during a confrontation at the beginning of the program between Triple H and Shawn Michaels, the Raw Sheriff Stone Cold Steve Austin, this is Wikipedia, the word. (laughs) He's the sheriff. Goddamn. He is. (laughs) Intervened and announced that even though he could not make a match between the two, he would uphold the law and announce that Michaels <laughs> would not get the next shot at Triple H because he did not win the Royal Rumble. Austin revealed that the Royal Rumble winner faced the champion at WrestleMania, but that there was no specification as to which champion, thus creating a loophole that Chris Benoit, who was then property of SmackDown, exploited to announce that he would instead chase the World Heavyweight Championship due in part to bad feelings between himself and his general manager, Paul Heyman. 
You know what? That's actually a pretty solid story. Mm-hmm. I was expecting some bullshit to be told, and I'm like, oh, okay, that all checks out. So then, okay, here's my next question, and uh, this might require you to read on. Okay. How did Shawn Michaels weasel his way into that match at WrestleMania 20? Well, it's the very next sentence. On February 9, Benoit and Triple H were to have their contract signing for the WrestleMania match. But Michaels interfered and hit Sweet Chin Music on Benoit, then signed the contract himself. The following week, Austin announced that Triple H would defend the title against Benoit and Michaels in a triple threat match at WrestleMania. You would think that, Bill, let's say me and you had a contract. Mm Mm-hmm. Of, of an agreement to do another 40 episodes of Eliminate a Royal Rumble podcast after the first 40. Right. And we're at the table, and we're sitting, and we're both ready to sign. You sign yours. And all of a sudden, in runs fucking Rowdy Ross. <laughs> he hits me with a chair in my back and signs the contract. Wouldn't my name be on the contract? How would it even be valid? That's a good argument. I I don't know. Like that isn't that the first thing that appears on the contract? This is a deal between the, such and such and such and mm-hmm. such. Yeah. God. Now because So that's how he weaseled his way yeah. in. But because of this moment of Benoit picking Triple H to go. This led to the rule change where the winner could choose which world champion he'd face at WrestleMania. Really? So after this, they're not allowed to choose? No, they are allowed. Oh, they are allowed. Okay. But Benoit is the first. Okay, I gotcha. I guess it's sort of like in Impact Wrestling, the option C. Mm -hmm. Because they did it one year and then they're like, nope, this is it forever now. Yeah, and then after that, they stopped for a while, and then they brought it back recently. I'm actually pretty furious about that, because I don't like that it used to be that you could only do it one time during the year, a specific time, and now apparently you don't have to. Mm-hmm. I don't like that, because then there's no point. Anytime anyone captures the X Division title, should just say, nope, I'm cashing in. Yeah. So, but... We were, we're recording this ahead of time. Who knows? Maybe they made some sense of that, so I don't really know. Yeah. Um, but, oh, that's so interesting that this is what made the rule from here on out. Mm-hmm. And then we would end up having, to me, still to this day, one of the greatest main events of all time at WrestleMania. The, you mean 20? Tw- yeah. Yeah, that Just was great. Just the match. That match yeah, is I agree. amazing. I mean, I, I like the whole card. Oh, yeah. yeah. I enjoy booing both Brock Lesnar and Goldberg because I was there. Actually, uh, yeah. actually, let me get this real quick. Okay. Uh, I guess Bill went away. And in the meantime, I will like to mention again that the Royal Rumble that we're doing next episode will be the 2013 Royal Rumble, which I don't remember shit about. <laughs> okay. Last year... Um, on our pre-WrestleMania show, it was myself, Fro, and we had a guest, Jason Burke, um, mm-hmm. and we came up with a list of our top ten WrestleManias. Okay. Well, Fro did five, but, you know, he, he's Norwegian. So, <laughs> okay. you know, I don't know if they could do ten. 
I had number 20, or I had WrestleMania 20 at number 7. Alright. Did, well, did the other two have it on their list at all? Uh, I think Jason did. Fro, I don't remember. I'd have to go back to listen to that. Right, okay. Cool. Like I said, I, I like 20 when, with the tagline, where it all begins again. Yeah, that is a great tag. That's... Okay, to be off topic real quick. Sure. That's one of the things I miss about WrestleMania are the taglines. Mm-hmm. They had the best taglines ever. Like, remember, Bill, Bill remembers, great, remembers when he was all grown up. Exactly. See? <laughs> <laughs> but then there were some shit ones, like, big time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. WrestleMania goes Hollywood. WrestleMania goes Hollywood. Uh, but I'm trying, uh, let's see, that's 21. 20, did 20? Oh, 22. What was 20, 22 was fucking big time. Yeah, 22 was big time. 23 was all grown up. Is 24 where they ended it? I think. Yeah, that sounds about right. Once they went to those stadiums, they're like, no, we don't need taglines anymore. Get out of here. We hate you, <laughs> we hate you taglines. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Let's start, uh, unless you have something else to add, let's start heading out. No, let, let's head out. So like Jim said, our next episode is the 2013 Royal Rumble match. And I do believe we're also going to be spinning the wheel on that episode. Yes, we are. And I think we may even spin it more than one time for it. Yeah, because we're going to get a couple done and kind of have the future of the show decided on that episode. Mm. Although after that, after 2013, we have our numbers special. Yes. So it's actually 2013, the numbers special, which is basically uh, the video package for the 2019 Royal Rumble that we're going to talk about and see, like, you know, how valid it is, yada, yada, yada. Um, And then we'll start the four that the wheel will determine. So don't sleep on 2013 because we're doing wheel and we're going to see the future of the show. Yeah. All right, uh, so if you have any questions or comments, you can email us, eliminated3088 at gmail.com. That's eliminated3088 at gmail.com. You can check out my podcast, That Wrestling Show, which you guys can hear each and every Friday. You can subscribe on iTunes or Spotify or iHeartRadio. So you can check it out in one of those ways. And that's really about it. So, next time, it is the 2013 Royal Rumble, and until next time, the 2004 Royal Rumble has been eliminated.